0: This is a HeadGum Podcast.
1: This is why, this is why, pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is
0: why, the podcast. Welcome to the This Is Why Podcast. I'm journalist, author, and comedy writer, Laura Lane.
1: And I'm author and editor Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we give best friend advice on topics including pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, news headlines, and whatever else is on your mind.
0: This week's episode is called Toxic Positivity. We're going to tell you why that is a thing. We will also be answering your listener questions, including one listener who wants to know where the line is between normal positivity and toxic positivity, and another listener who is considering quitting social media over the way it makes her feel. Then we're going to talk about what's in the news, including the role of astroturfing in recent protests, how to play Survivor via Zoom, and parents eavesdropping on their kids' online therapy sessions. Not cool. Not cool. But first Angela, what's been going on in your week?
1: So, my uh we're we're recording this uh earlier than it's airing. So, my would-be wedding date has not yet come to be. So, I'm figuring out, you know, what that day is going to be like. I'm stressing about it a little bit. And while I've been thinking about it, I think it's really funny that before all this, I was the kind of person that I was like, "Oh my god, how am I going to celebrate two anniversaries, like our our real anniversary and our wedding anniversary. I hate that there's two of them. And now I'm going to have our regular anniversary, our would-be anniversary. You're
0: great. You're ridiculous. Our
1: eventual, hopefully, wedding anniversary. And if we get married earlier at a courthouse, we'll have our courthouse anniversary. So I went from not wanting two to having potentially four.
0: That's so funny. So for those that don't know, this episode is airing Four days, I think four days, if I'm guessing the right amount of days that are in the month of May, uh, after <laughs> Angela's uh, you, original wedding date that yes, was now May sad- 29th. Sadly postponed for uh, because of obvious reasons of the world yes. falling apart. <laughs> because um,
1: everything is postponed.
0: I know. You know, I just got an email today, Angela, uh, from my friend Olivia, who is supposed to get married the same weekend as you. I was going to be able to go to both because hers, yours was a Friday and hers was a Saturday. And I was like, that is going to be the most fun weekend. And, uh, and then she postponed hers to September. And when I heard that, I was like a little skeptical, like, I don't know if September is going to happen. I really hope like, I don't know, maybe a vaccine will happen by September. And then we just got an email today that said, hey, so we heard from the venue and they're saying that they don't think that local governments are going to allow get-togethers of more than 50 people by September, so we're calling off the wedding. We're going to get married uh, this summer with just our immediate family present, just our parents present, and hope that we will be able to celebrate with all of you guys in the next two years. We already (laughs) – basically, like, they already put their their deposit on the – payment for the wedding, which you venues will not give you that back. No, matter, no, they will not. But no matter what. So they're like, we're having a party there. We don't know. It'll, it might be in two years, but uh, we are going to celebrate with you guys at some point. It will be like a very much post-wedding. Like, they didn't say this, but it could potentially be like post-baby wedding. <laughs> because they're like, yeah. you know what? They're like, we want to get married this summer. We're doing it. We're not. We've been together this long. Like, forget it. We're getting married. So they're going to get married. Just their parents will be there. They're, they've been so careful with social distancing. And, uh, yeah, I just got that email. So, and I, I, everybody handles this stuff differently. And I know that this is like such a difficult time. And like my wedding was such a big, big deal to me. And when you're removed after you have your wedding, you're like, oh, weddings, whatever. But I have to constantly remind myself that this is like the, it was the biggest deal of my life at that time. And so it is, everybody deals with this kind of stuff emotionally. So I. Like, I know this has been like especially hard for you and I completely understand why. And I'm like, I don't, I'm, I'm wondering like, is Olivia experiencing this the same way? What should I write back to this email? And I was like, really kind of just wondering, cause I don't want to be like, I'm so sorry. Like, I know you must be so sad because that's what I would write to you. Cause I know you're, you're <laughs> like, you're like, rightfully so like very upset about this but then she might be like I'm fine like what why are you projecting sadness on me so it's such a hard thing where I wanted to acknowledge this email but I didn't know what to say so I think I wrote something like hey I'm sure you're really disappointed I'm so sorry I can't wait to celebrate with you properly I'm really glad I got to go to your bachelorette party before coronavirus hit. And like, that's all I said. But do you think that was right? I'm not, not to to like, and I just like intercepted your story and made it about me, but, uh, but this just happened like an hour ago. So do you
1: think what I wrote was okay? I, I actually really like that response because you don't say anything along the lines of like, but at least you have each other. At least, you know, you're a lot. It's just a formality. Those are all like things that people have said to me that great on me. Actually border on Toxic positivity. Yeah, I I have
0: a feeling this inspired this entire episode is what you're going through. But yeah, so I was trying to kind of acknowledge without projecting because I think I'm sorry is true. Like, it's disappointing to not have a party, whether it was like a big deal to you or not. And then uh, I think I said, like, I'm sure this is disappointing, which has to be accurate for anybody, not projecting sadness onto someone that might not be feeling it. And then, yeah. And then I try to say, like, I can't wait to celebrate properly, which is which she has said, yeah, it's going to happen in two years. So I tried to keep it short and simple and not project feelings on a person because yeah, anybody that's, whether you're grieving a death, whether you're grieving like an illness that's happened to you, whether you're grieving a wedding, however, uh, whether you're, whether you're grieving like a vacation that got canceled, like no matter how important and big and small and frivolous or meaningful or, uh, like physically real or emotionally real, like something is people deal with things differently. And, um, and I'm want to be sensitive to that. So I'm been like, yeah, just overthinking a lot of shit lately when it comes to
1: (laughs) friends, but at least, you know what overthinking, you know, you don't want to overdo it too much, but at least you're putting effort, you're, you care, you have empathy.
0: Okay. Let's talk about your story though. So Four anniversaries. Let's get let's go. Let's get to the bottom of this. You don't you don't want to have four anniversaries. You didn't want to have two anniversaries. And I am out? with you, Angela, because I make Nick celebrate two anniversaries. Like we've been together ten fucking years. I'm not all of a sudden like putting that number back to one or zero and starting and counting up from zero when I got married. Like what those ten years meant something. You know, like, right? Like, like we're celebrating our five year anniversary in three days, and like I'm like, trust me in my. Little social media posts will be like, five-year anniversary and ten years together. Because, <laughs> like, you both count. But I think you – the okay, this is what we do. And you can take it for a grain of salt. And then I want to hear what you have to say. We do, like, a special date night, dinner night on the original anniversary, twelve twelve of, like, the day we met. Because we've pretty much been together since we met. And then our wedding anniversary – Which it's stupid because it's, like, the paperwork legal government part of the fairy tale is what we, like, whatever. But that's, like, a bigger deal to Nick for whatever reason. So that's, like, where the gifts come out. So I would just say you get three special – my suggestion would be you get three epic date nights and then one, your actual wedding, wedding, will be, like, where the gifts come out.
1: What do you think? Hmm interesting. And then you have to also factor in like Valentine's Day is in the mix there as well. Like there's just so many just celebrating each other all the damn time. Um I don't know. I think that like it will maybe depend on how the 29th goes and if it is a happy day, then maybe it's a day that we'll want to continue celebrating moving forward. Um And if it's a really, really sad day, which I think it'll definitely be a combination of the two. But uh, yeah, I think it will all depend. It hasn't happened yet. So we'll see uh, if it's a day worth honoring moving forward. Do you mean just how you are emotionally that day? A combination of how I am emotionally and how we choose to celebrate, which we're trying to figure out what to do. There are options for what we can do are pretty limited. We're like, well, I'm going to take off that day from work um, which like feels weird taking off from. I love like, that my virtual. as a choice.
0: No, I love this as a choice, and you guys need to go. You'll do a picnic. You are the most careful socially. You'll social distance. You will stay like twenty feet away from any mofo that comes to that to that park. But you have. That is a special day, and it, it's my and it's a special day for me because it's my parents' wedding anniversary, also. So the day you're going to get married is my parents' wedding anniversary. So I was really excited for you guys to share an anniversary because it was going to be easy for me to remember. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, very much like your friend Olivia, we initially postponed for the fall, but now our new date is in June 2021. Okay, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I but didn't even I, know that.
0: This is news to me.
1: Yes, Uh but I like your friend Olivia. I'm having a party eventually. I don't know when it will be. I might have a few more gray hairs when it happens, but I'm having my party.
0: The down payment has been <laughs> the payment <submitted. down laughs>
1: has been paid. And also, when every time people say to us like, "Oh, it's just a formality and blah blah blah." It's like it's no, not. No. Like this was never about paperwork for us. Like we've been together a very long time. And then after this, we will have been locked in a one bedroom apartment with nobody to interact with but each other for god knows how long. Our wedding will not be about our like, you know, love. It will be about wanting to rage. Hell yeah. <laughs> so uh, we we look forward to that.
0: No, I've said hopefully. this be- before on the show that my the wedding was not about like me And, like, Nick – like, we already – like, Nick said, we already loved each other. Everybody knew it. Like, we lived together. It was about having all of the most important people in our lives from, like, from all around the world in one place. Everyone I love in one place for one day. And that's the only time of my entire life that every person I love from every aspect of my life, all of our families – all of my friends will be in one place. That's not going to happen for any of my birthday parties. That's not going to happen for any whatever, like, I don't even, I can't even, I don't even know what other people throw big parties for. But but that was, that's the only day of my entire life. And that's what's special about a wedding party to me.
1: Yeah. And that's why I'm not giving up on that dream. Because honestly, the only other time everybody in your life gathers together is your funeral. So that's why I want... <laughs> Not to be dark sided about it. it ha-
0: and like most of the like people will not be there as sad exactly. as as, sad as that is. Am I allowed to uh post a picture in my in my bridesmaid's dress on your wedding day or is it top secret still?
1: Um You can think about it. Think about it. I have thought about how like not that the colors I picked are super trendy, but oh, they got to Hopefully make- it does. Hopefully, it doesn't look super dated by the time it happens. Are you gonna like a make little me, time capsule.
0: Are you going to make me buy a second bridesmaid's dress? Is that what I'm hearing? No, not at
1: this juncture, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because I would do that for you.
1: No. I mean, listen. I, luckily, this is why I picked colors that I really love, that I will hopefully love two years from now. Yeah. yeah people, they're they're people, beautiful. People always advise you don't go too trendy with your wedding because when you look at your photo albums, you know, 40 years later, you want to not be embarrassed. I, o- this-
0: I thought I did that I- and I already have regrets.
1: <laughs> well, I'm learning in real time because my trends have to endure like two years from now. So we'll see. TBD. TBD. Uh, but how-, how are you doing? How- how's your week going? Well,
0: I'm doing good. I'm very very careful about the social distancing stuff. I wear a mask sometimes even when I'm on my own rooftop. I I'm happy that 70% of my building is gone. Uh, but there are there is one neighbor, a young couple, very kind people, very cool people. They're engaged, they're really sweet and those fucking assholes that are very nice people have been inviting their friends over. To like hang
1: out on the rooftop and barbecue, oh, you know not... I can identify with how much this angers.
0: So this angers me, me as a, a neighbor. Lot. I will go on the rooftop with my mask, and they like have the gall to be like, "Oh, this is our friend, blah blah." blah. And I'm like, "Does this fucking friend live in my fucking building? Like, why are you not following like the New York City social distancing guidelines?" So I did this thing that you helped me with, and um, well, you helped me copy edit this. So I posted a fake official looking note in the elevators of my building. I really pray none of the neighbors listened to my podcast because they were like, Oh, have you seen that note in the building? And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, that official. Yeah. The note. Yep. I saw the letter. They're like, oh, you know, why is that apartment not following it? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> they should be following the <laughs> official note. So I wrote a note that sounded official. This is what it said. Dear residents, As things slowly open up and the weather gets nice for the safety of yourself and your neighbors, let's continue to be considerate and safe, especially since we have at-risk members in our building. This is true. Please try to do the following. Please make sure your hands are clean and sanitized before touching elevator buttons and door handles. Number two, please refrain from inviting outside friends into the building to socialize as it widens potential exposure to your neighbors. Three, please stay six feet apart on the shared rooftop and use face masks when people are around. 4. Please wipe off any surfaces you use on shared spaces. 5. You only use elevators with members of your household. 6. Please continue to adhere to recommended social distancing guidelines especially when occupying occupying shared spaces in the building. Thank you and stay safe. Uh Am I a psycho or <laughs> was this a good idea? I think no. I'm all about you know uh shaming my neighbors and guilt tripping them without them knowing it's me i'm just the cool nice lady that lives on the fourth floor and they'll never know it's me right
1: um i don't think you're a psycho but that's only because i am also a psycho and it comes this is turning us all into psychos i personally but you didn't
0: post a note i said do you want to do you want to do the same note i did just i made me would feel like less like a psycho if you were doing it in your building and you wouldn't do it
1: No, but I am a tattletale because I went up to my roof and people were doing the exact same thing. These three freaking girls who definitely did not live together based on their conversation were just hanging out, having a grand old fucking time, drinking wine, no face masks in each other's faces. And I, meanwhile, I go up there just to get some air with my Lysol and my mask. And I like rub down a table (laughs) to sit down and they're staring at me like I'm crazy. Uh, And I sat there for maybe 15 minutes. And their behavior made me so upset that my hands were shaking. Yeah, I ran downstairs and I, and I emailed our building about same thing you said. Like, you know what? Maybe right now we can't have guests in shared public spaces. Thank if you. They're not, if they are not adhering to the rules because you are endangering everyone.
0: Okay. Because I considered emailing the building manager and complaining about this apartment uh, and I didn't do that. Instead, I went with like the silent letter where I like snuck in and posted it. I like put it up at like midnight when like I knew nobody would be around. Um, <laughs> that was a
1: proactive approach. <laughs> Although there are
0: cameras in the elevator and that that the doorman can see. So I'm like really terrified that like someone's gonna be like, do you know who posted these? And the doorman's gonna be like Laura. <laughs> so I'm like praying that that doesn't happen because like. People have brought up the letter to me like people should need to be following that official, you know, the letter that like these are guidelines from the building. I was like, yeah, they need to follow the guidelines from the building.
1: <laughs> Even so you crazy. just you need to bribe him. Bring him down some baked I know, goods. I didn't know. Don't it, honestly, directly acknowledge why.
0: I honestly was like, should I just tell him I'm doing this and like be like, hey, we're cool, right? Like, don't tell anyone. But I was like, oh, that's a gamble. Like my other gamble is like he's just not looking at the cameras while I do it. And then. And then he doesn't feel like he's keeping a secret. So I went with that gamble that he just like wasn't watching me do it. And now, Angela, there's a second step I want to do. So there's Uh some people in Williamsburg that just don't wear masks. So I'm considering like printing out 30 signs just on my computer, not like big signs that say considerate people equals masks. Selfish people equals no masks. And that's all the sign will say, very to the point. And uh-huh. I was going to like go at like 1 a.m. ish, maybe midnight, and like post them all around
1: my block and neighborhood. Wow. Uh, thoughts? Uh, I It's very like vigilante, v- vigilante justice via a flyer. I love it. Uh, I think you should get some spray paint and make it like street art or something.
0: I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. <laughs> Am I a literal no. cycle or is this a good idea? I mean, people are dying. I've known people that are dying. I have no tolerance
1: for this bullshit.
0: Well, every it time take, I... it costs you nothing to wear a mask. I mean, it costs you $5 to get a mask that you can wash. Not
1: even if you cut up an old t-shirt, but like
0: put a pretty a freaking thing around your mouth. Like, I literally, anyone I don't see wearing masks, I'm just like, you're selfish because like the masks, they say don't necessarily, if someone sees this, they don't necessarily protect you. What it does is like, it'll keep your water droplet. It protects other people. It's like, right. it's like a selfless thing to wear a mask because they're annoying and you're doing it for other people. So when people are. And, bas- and we live in
1: the epicenter.
0: Yeah. So like put a fucking mask on. Self. So it's just going to say considerate people equals equal sign masks and then underneath it. Selfish people equal no mask. Nick thinks I'm crazy head, but I have not told him about this plan. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be like, hey, I got to go run downstairs. And then I'm going to run around the neighborhood, post these signs, and not tell anybody it was me.
1: I honestly, I support it. But like I said, I think it should be more permanent. I think you need a stencil and spray paint. No, no, Do it no. on like I'm post- not- like a, on mailboxes, on buildings. Girl,
0: you want me to end up in jail right now and <laughs> while there's like coronavirus in all the jails. Okay, let all of the non-violent felons out. I'm not going to be a part of this. All right. You're no
1: help. You'll be wearing a mask. Nobody will know who it was. That's a that's just another perk of wearing a mask. True. I'm like Batman. Batwoman. Yes.
0: All right. On that note, we're about to jump into our mailbox. All right, Angela, what do we have in the mailbox this week?
1: Well, first up, I wanted to read a nice little note that we got, which actually kind of relates to the topic of the week. So this was from our listener, Anna. And Anna wrote, I feel so out of place the past couple of weeks. I feel guilty when I don't exercise, when I eat junk food, when I oversleep. Dude, I had to pass- postpone my wedding. My grandma passed away in the middle of the pandemic, non-COVID related. I started living with my fiance." really give me a break with your perfect gram life i can't that's why i like people like you and laura who are not afraid to show the real you and give us muggles hope that we are not doing that bad in surviving this pandemic or life in general which i just want to say we are muggles as well
0: heck yeah have you you have not seen a close-up of my skin my body is purging my stress
1: (laughs) uh yeah, but is that what a uh, muggle
0: is? I don't know what a muggle is. But.
1: Um, it's a Harry Potter thing. I am. I I've only absorbed Harry Potter information from pop culture. I have not read Harry Potter, but I know it's like. I think it's like a non wizard. Yeah, is a muggle. I don't know. So she was implying that we are wizards. I believe, but
0: you've gone through a lot. I'm. Uh, your grandma died. This uh, not being able to properly grieve people is just the most awful it's the most awful thing right now that I think anybody's dealing with. Like not only to have somebody die, but to not be able to grieve them properly. Um, Postponing your wedding, like Angela, you can relate to that. It's, It's like emotionally just awful, right?
1: Yes, it is. It's like having the rug pulled out from under you, which is a feeling I think everybody can relate to right now. And yeah, and you're living with your fiance for the first time which can also be very emotional.
0: Yeah. I'm not, we're not therapists. Like we say, we give best friend advice, but my therapist would say that any one of these things could throw somebody into a tailspin and you're dealing with multiple things at once. So just give yourself a break. Honestly, um, take a lot of time to yourself. You say you feel guilty when you don't exercise and you don't eat junk food. Like don't let yourself feel guilty, but like but, but, do try to do things that make yourself feel good because if you're if you're feeling bad physically and you have like low energy, it's gonna be really hard to like deal with any of these other awful things in your life. but like you're allowed to eat cake I've been like ordering from milk bar like cake delivery like just slices of cakes <laughs> like. Like, yeah. And so, like, and I don't feel bad about it at all. I feel great about it. I really do feel wonderful about it. But, but, you know, go for a walk so you don't feel like you're just like your body's aching from like not moving. And, um, you know, when you're quarantined and, and give you, and at the end of the day, like give yourself a break and like love yourself. You've been through so much. And I'm so sorry with everything you're dealing with because, like I said, any one of those things would be like a whole, a whole therapy session.
1: Exactly. So, and she also mentioned social media, which our first question from our listener, Jay, is about social media. So Jay wrote, how do I still enjoy social media when so many people I follow only post the happy, perfect moments and it makes me feel inadequate in all kinds of ways? How I parent, how I eat, how I exercise, my level of culture, my level of wokeness is the answer to stay off social media entirely. So I will say... First of all, uh, I, I understand what you're saying, but also we curate our feeds ourselves. And something that I have learned to do is like, you know, which accounts make you not feel good. Like it's, it's going to be the same person over and over again. Uh, it's usually like there's like certain people who are guilty of it. So you can unfollow those people or you can mute those people. A hundred percent. Yeah. yeah,
0: there's just certain like there's certain like moms that I would be like, oh, I really like following them. And then there and and uh, I think like pre pandemic, it was like, all right, I know they're like full of shit. And I've heard and I, I have mutual friends with some of these people. So I was like, oh, I've heard they're like a little fucking crazy. But like so I knew to kind of not believe all of the like facade. But if I didn't know them, I'd be like all up believing the facade. And I'd be like, oh, I like their fashion. Oh, they're so put together. But they have got like, you know like three people helping them full time and like they'd be posting their like you know masseuses coming to their house like multiple times a week for massages and I'd be like what is this life this life is this life is not making me it was funny before but now during the pandemic I'm like I I don't want to know what you're doing because it's not going to be what I'm doing we're going to be living like very different lives and and so I just don't I don't it's weird it's actually I haven't seen them in my feed in a long long time it's almost like Instagram knew this is not good for you, Laura. <laughs> um, but then there's a couple moms that are like very real about stuff. Like one had to take her little kid to the, like he cut his eye. And she was just like very open about like, this is where, like posted a picture, which maybe some people would think this is like too much information about your kid, but they were like, this is where it happened. And we had to go to the emergency room and it was horrible. And like, we had to, I had to like hold my three-year-old down while they like injected his eye with, um, like the Novocaine and to a state, whatever it was, like very real. And I have just learned that those type of friends that post real stuff that's happening with whether it's their kids or their family, and like like when they do post a beautiful picture of gardening, I. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy you had a good day because like last week was fucking horrible when you had to go to the emergency room. And like, and I've just learned that those are the people I want to follow and I need to defollow the other people that just post the like glam facade. And so I think what Angela's saying is right. You need to follow the people that make you feel good. Don't follow people that that make you feel bad.
1: Yeah. And I will also say I recently posted (laughs) a somewhat emotional thing on Instagram and I felt kind of silly after doing it, I was like, "Ugh, am I? Is this like my Tumblr now? Like, am I being overly emotional in a space that is not meant to be emotional?" But I did it because I was like, my Instagram page does not reflect right now how I'm feeling. Like, I post a lot of silly pictures and whatever. But like, the truth is, it's I'm a cocktail of emotions all the time, and I'm really like going through some really rough days. And I was like, I feel very disingenuine, not putting that out there at least in one little post. So like keep that in mind too, that like people are conflicted about what to post. And I think people usually err on the side of like a positive image, especially on Instagram. They don't want to be a Debbie
0: Downer. Like nobody was like when I used to work at magazines, for example, I would post the fun events I went to. I would post like, Oh, I just interviewed this celebrity. I'd post the articles. I wasn't posting the like stressful days when I'm in the ugliest cubicle Eating some like nasty ass banana because there I like didn't have time to go get lunch. Like, what am I going to post a picture of me myself like eating a smushed banana in a cubicle being stuck there for like twelve hours? That was that would not be a very fun Instagram post. So I would post the like glamorous parts of working in a magazine. And was that accurate? I don't know. You have to think like, what's the purpose of social media? What's the purpose of Instagram? Is it to accurately portray your life, or is it to portray like the parts you think people will find enjoyable? And that. I don't have the answer to that, but I think that everybody can kind of decide like what they want to project into the world. And, and then you as a consumer decide like what, how much you can take and is this fun or does it make you feel good? Does it make you feel bad? And yeah. And um, yeah, but yeah, it, it can, so it can be toxic and all of your feelings I think are experienced by a lot of people right now. And I can definitely relate to it that I realize I'm just like clicking on Instagram, like, 30 times a day. Like, what am I <laughs> what am I looking for? What am I waiting for? So I, I, I noticed myself doing it and I've been trying to stop because, yeah, it's like some weird kind of like,
1: yeah, I, I don't even know. It's... Yeah, it's definitely... She, she asked, should I stay off social media entirely? I don't know about entirely, but it certainly won't hurt you to limit your time.
0: Can I give you on one little media. tip that helps me? So I had Instagram on the first page of my iPhone and what I've done before is like move it three pages away because I noticed that I would kind of open my phone to see what time it is or and then just like click on Instagram and I would move and if you move the app icon like a few pages over it might
1: help you to kind of just
0: yeah like double just give yourself a second thought before you do it that's just my yeah it becomes
1: tip. like less compulsive
0: right all right what else we got
1: okay so next we have a question from our listener s and s writes What is the line with toxic positivity? When does choosing to be positive become toxic? And when does acknowledging the negative become just as toxic? Overall, how do we exist and not be toxic?
0: Can I actually make a suggestion and say that we pause that question because we're going to get into what toxic positivity and we can answer that? We're going to do a weird thing this episode and maybe answer it in the topic of the week, which is the next segment. What do you think? Hey,
1: it's a whole new show. We could do whatever we want, Laura. All
0: right, we're going to do that because we haven't even explained what toxic positivity Positivity is. So we're gonna pause on that question and make sure we answer that in the next segment. Uh in the meantime, if any of you listeners want your questions answered, email us at contact at this You might even inspire an entire episode, like I'm guessing S did for Angela between Angela's wedding and this question. I think it inspired this week's episode. So write in at your questions about life, parenting, friendship, workplace, any of the things we cover now. Please be concise, a paragraph or less. You can also find all of our contact info on our website at This Is Why the Podcast. We're going to dive into this week's topic, but first let's take a quick break to thank our sponsors. We'd like to thank our sponsor, CauseBox. You know I'm all about subscriptioning my life. That's what I call it. And I really love CauseBox. I want to tell you about it. Cosbox is a quarterly, four times per year subscription box curated by women for women that is filled with all sorts of amazing products and brands that are ethical, sustainable, and have a positive mission to give back and make the
1: world better. Those are like all of my favorite words. Ethical, sustainable, positive. Yeah, nothing like giving yourself some gifts that you can feel good and not guilty about. Absolutely. Um, I really love cause box they
0: had a jade roller which i'd honestly had my eye on for a very long time and just like
1: hadn't splurged so i was really excited that someone else gave it to me i got a jade roller too and i've been meaning to ask you like What do you think? How do I how do I use it? I want to use it. What are you talking about? It's
0: like you just give yourself a face massage. It's amazing. Do I just roll it? Roll it on your face and like yeah, it like tightens your face. My the editor of People Magazine, who used to be my editor, uh, he's like posted Instagrams of using it, and I was like, if Dan is using a jade roller, you know it's good. (laughs) Uh, They also gave me a bento box, which I so I've been like doing a lot of writing out of like Nick's art studio because nobody's there; it's empty, and I bring my little lunch in my Bento box. So I love my cause box
1: Yes, I love my Bento box too <laughs> from my cause box So every cause box is limited edition and it comes with six to eight full-size products. You can get everything from skincare and jewelry to homewares and accessories. The last four boxes sold out within days, which I can believe because you get over $250 worth of products for only $50. I got my own sample box and so did Laura. And uh, we told you, some of our favorite stuff, my new my new favorite thing, my jade roller and my bento box. Um, One of the best parts was just getting the cause box in the mail because they ship it to you for free and you open it and you just feel like you got yourself a huge surprise bundle of gifts. You can get it for yourself, but you can also get it as a gift. You can get it for your mom, your sister, your friends. If somebody has a birthday coming up, it's a great gift. It's um, totally –
0: it honestly – it like genuinely would be a great gift to get somebody and the best part, of course, is that we like to hook it up for our listeners. We got our listeners an exclusive discount. Go to causebox. That's C-A-U-S-E, like a cause, a worthy cause. Causebox.com slash single and use code SINGLE to get your first box for thirty percent off. As in, you can get your first box that's worth over two hundred and fifty dollars for less than thirty-nine. So it's worth, over, it's worth over $250 and you're going to get it for 39 bucks. That's like truly crazy. And right now you're at home, like send yourself some presents, okay? Go to Causebox right now. We love it and we think you will too.
1: This week's topic is toxic positivity. So as Laura – well, so it actually works the other way around – the wedding thing inspired the toxic positivity topic for me, and then I posted on Instagram about it. And I asked if any of our listeners had questions, and I got this question oh. from my listener. Oh, yes. well, for
0: me, a lot of times the questions will inspire episodes that I that I uh, write the rundown for.
1: I've been trying a new thing. It's it's just a, a fun new thing we're trying for. This is why
0: I love it. Uh,
1: so yeah, anytime you go through something, whether it's like losing a job, a breakup, a global pandemic, canceling your wedding, you're going to receive a lot of advice from people who are totally well-meaning. Um, they they want to tell you how to cope. And when I canceled my wedding, I found that a few people in my life cope very differently than me. And um, I, I had a very hard time articulating uh, the way certain people were acting. And then I came across... Uh, this term, toxic positivity. And I'm so relieved to know there was a term for it. Laura, can you explain what toxic positivity is?
0: Absolutely. So according to the psychologygroup.com, toxic positivity is defined as the excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state across all situations. The process of toxic positivity results in the denial minimization and invalidation of the authentic human emotional experience refinery 29 calls it quote a sort of unintentional gaslighting which whether the individual realizes it or not ends up stopping someone short of expressing how they truly feel now this is slightly different but when I when you decided to have this be the episode of the week and I was kind of researching it it reminded me of my experience after my miscarriage when I was in of extremely depressive state and like the most helpful things were people just to kind of listen to me and say, I'm sorry that that happened. And like, it's unfair that the world is cruel, but I had a friend that was so dismissive of my feelings and my pain and said, it's no big deal. It happens all the time. Uh, you know, people would say things like, you know, at least you can drink now kind of like finding the positivity oh. in like, yeah. And I was like, I don't give, a f- I don't even fucking care about drink. You know, what are you talking about? Like I want a baby. Um, that,
1: no, that's actually exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's like spot on. Trying to find uh, like the
0: positive in like an awful situation, and that the specific friend that was really dismissive, saying like it's no big deal, like miscarriages happen all the time. Uh, I I actually no longer talk to because of how upset I was at her response. I felt so bad about it. I just ended the friendship, which I've like never really done. Like I I'm I feel like I'm a pretty open-minded person and people say fucked up things sometimes. And I will think like, okay, they're misguided. They're not trying to be malicious. But, but in this situation, I had said to the friend, like, this is not helping me. What you're saying is mean. Like I, I'm really sad. Like I was very clear and they would just continued. Um, and I don't talk to them anymore. So anyways, tell us a little bit more about toxic positivity, Angela.
1: Well, I, I just want to say, I actually, when I was, Creating the rundown for this episode, I had listened to um, Lynn Shelton was a filmmaker who just passed away. She uh, was a filmmaker and she was dating Mark Maron and he aired um, the an episode where they had met where he interviewed her and she talked about her miscarriage. And I wrote this down because it was like a perfect example of toxic positivity where she said people would try and comfort her and say like, you know, everything happens for a reason. Which or, is the
0: worst thing you can say to anybody.
1: Yes, and she said the only thing that somebody said to her that was, like, actually comforting was saying, I'm sorry you lost your baby.
0: She went through a miscarriage also?
1: Yeah, which is, like, so simple, and yet I don't know why people can't just do it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when you're going through something that is difficult – I think be- people's instinct is like they want to make you feel better
0: and they think they can like almost like change your brain when like all you kind of need it when you're sad is to just be listened to. And unless you ask somebody like, do you, you know, is there any good that can come from this? Like that, then you have an opening to kind of find the bright side, you know, right. if somebody asks, but otherwise just listen and validate feelings. That's all I can say. Sorry. Go right. ahead. And-
1: Well, no, that's the side effect is like obviously like you shouldn't go in doom and gloom. You got to meet people where they're at though. And like I think if somebody's feeling sad and you're telling them not to feel sad and these are the reasons why they shouldn't feel sad, it's actually like invalidating the very real feelings that they are feeling. So that doesn't feel good. Then you just kind of get confused about how you should feel. So I mean like if you are – truly a very positive person there's nothing wrong with that it's just yeah where it gets toxic is when you stifle people's emotions either in yourself or in other people um it's like it's okay to feel the bad stuff and when you brush it aside you feel invalidated and that was the hard thing don't say like don't think about it or like it's going to be fine I can't tell you how many people have said to me it's just going to be fine it's going to be fine and it's like well why is it going to be fine why do you think it's going to be fine and it's like They don't actually think that. It's just a thing that they're saying.
0: They don't know. It's not their experience. And like to them, maybe like a miscarriage for whatever reason, like wasn't a big deal. And for me, it put me into like the darkest depression I've ever been in in my life for like months. And like other people might think like, oh, just like a party, you know, I don't know, whatever other things people have said to you. And for you, it's it's like this time in your life where like you know all of your family members that are there are are like healthy and alive and we're going to be there to like love you and hug you and celebrate with you. And it was like this, this powerful thing you had been looking forward to for so long. So you just, whatever you don't have to understand other people's pain is my point in to, to sympathize with a person. So Angela, you found this, this chart from the tab that had examples of things that are maybe like helpful what people can say. And then things that are, and then on on the other side, it says like toxic positivity. So I thought I'm going to read the toxic things and maybe you can read the things that might be helpful to kind of make it a little more clear for our listeners. Yes. So we'll go back and forth. Um, All right. Toxic uh, uh, things that would be helpful. Let's start with that.
1: Okay. What would be helpful is this is hard. You've done hard things before and I believe in you. Toxic positivity. You'll get over it. See, the first one is a little more nuanced. Uh, so another validation and hope example. Uh, I know there's a lot that could go wrong. What could go right?
0: Uh, just be positive. <laughs> kind of like diminishing like your feelings are not are not uh, valid. You know, just be – why don't you be a positive person? Just be a positive person.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, it's never fun to feel like that. Is there something we can do today that you'd enjoy? Uh good vibes only. Yeah. Oh, oh, for that one it would be (laughs) all vibes are welcome here. Yeah. Is the positive version. So yeah,
0: some other toxic positive I'll just I'll maybe this is back and forth. Okay. So some other toxic positive things are like stopping so negative, think happy thoughts, never give up. Which never give up, you could say in like the right context, you know? Like if you're someone's running a marathon. Keep going. Uh, You know, just be happy. Like, see the good in everything. Like, there's some things... Sometimes the world is cruel. and, And, like... And things are nuanced. Like, quarantine for me has been, like, quite complex. Like, I had a friend pass away that I really loved. A friend that I loved so much. I've also spent some of the most beautiful moments with my son. Like, things don't have to be black and white. I can find, like, beauty... In in like the same time that I'm finding like the darkest s- sadness, and so like see the good in everything is a phrase I fucking hate because like there isn't good in everything. Like my friend Allie dying, like there there's no good in that. She was 29. There's never gonna be good in that, and I think about her every single day. And right. and uh, and so don't say that to a person.
1: And right. And I think like and. It, That's a good example because it's like, all right, we're all capable of feeling many things. But if you are talking to somebody, if you have a friend who's struggling with quarantine and is not having a good day, you're not going to comfort them by saying, but look at what a great time you could be having. You could be doing all – you could be having quality time. Like, don't lead with that No, (laughs) because that's not going to make someone feel good. Meet them where they're at and empathize because you can also – you also see the downside of quarantine and the difficulties
0: and do I see the positives? Of course. Like I've loved this family time. Like, like, yes, the sky is clearer. I love that there's no traffic. Like I can go on and on about like, like, I love that my life is slowed. I love that. I know that I don't have to have like FOMO that I'm not somewhere else every single night that I'm just home is the only place to be and like where I need to be. And, and like, there's a million things that I've loved so much about this time. And there has been like awful things like I'm missing my mother's 60th birthday tomorrow I my friend died like there's been the hardest things of my life and so just meet people where they're at I think is the gist and on that note it is time for our weekly rundown This is our weekly rundown where we tell you what's in the news or what's in our lives. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. Kicking it off, pop culture. Everyone is watching Normal People on Hulu. Uh, Angela, you want to know if you should watch Normal People. Is that right?
1: Yes. Everybody I know is watching it, but I'm sort of, I don't know. I'm not into it. I i read an article about how they, the girl that they cast as the main girl is too hot.
0: Okay, that book, but that's apparently, actually, that's like a lot of sh- bullshit. You should read like the New York Times like back and forth about that. So, oh. It's like subjective. So I read the book. It's a book called, written by Sally Rooney, this amazing young Irish author. I read the first book I read of hers was Conversations with Friends and I was like, "Oh my god, I'll read anything she wrote." It was my favorite book. I devoured it. And then I read Normal People and I like To be totally frank, I hated the book. It was so depressing and dark and, like, oh, there was barely a light moment. It was, like, you know, it's about this, like, awful love story where these just people go through such shit in their lives. And, like, people say it's about, like, horny Irish teenagers. Like, sure, maybe, kind of, not really at all. Um, I didn't like the book. The show is apparent – like, apparently – just amazing like everybody loves it the way they portray sex the way they play portray these like complex uh characters and uh i don't know it's funny because everyone in quarantine's reading it it's like i don't know like an intellectual tiger king is like the right <laughs> way to describe it maybe but, like, not
1: in content yeah they're they're not similarities or maybe they are i haven't seen it but i, don't I just know. haven't
0: seen any i have not read anything where like everyone i freaking know is talking about like that was happening with Tyrion, King and now it's happening with with um normal people. And I don't know. I already read the book. I don't plan to watch the show because, like, I know what happens and the book may be depressed. Um, and, yeah, everyone I've seen that's like, oh, my God, the show's amazing. But sometimes it's just so hard to watch. I just, like, feel so depressed afterwards. I'm like, yep, don't want to watch it. Like, no, thank you.
1: Interesting. All right. I'm undecided. I'm, I'm Maybe if I run through my queue, I'll get to it.
0: I don't know. I actually think you might like it.
1: I mean I'm I'm not turned off by the depressing part I'm watching that Mark Ruffalo show on HBO right now which is very depressing and I'm loving it so yeah it's called I know this much is true it's great
0: and and the way Uh, they describe okay oh god I wish I could remember like what this actress's name is um she was in Breaking Bad okay hold on I'm gonna look her up because when I was reading the book this is how I pictured the actress um okay who was the person that played like she, like, died in Breaking Cri- Bad. Kristen Ritter? Kristen Ritter. So when I was reading the book, I pictured exactly Kristen Ritter. And and Kristen Ritter, like, is somebody that I would consider beautiful. But, like, so the way the, the book doesn't describe her as ugly. They describe her as, like, it's so funny because she describes her as beautiful. But, like, some people might find her ugly, like so beautiful that but like ugly like like almost like, well, this, like a
1: regular person not a no non-
0: no but not no. like not a regular person no not in the book at least like not that well, the I show like- has to stick to the book but like she was not a regular person she was like this very like she was Kristen Ritter and do you know what I mean by like Kristen Ritter I think is beautiful
1: she has like an interesting face but an
0: interesting face right and I honestly think they got kind of close to that with the casting like I think the girl's beautiful in the casting but like she's not like she's not like uh like Pamela Anderson do you know what I mean by like
1: like I like is that your
0: okay no that's not how it to your I ideal beautiful. but she's not like I don't know like she's like uh, it's just different I don't know well I'll
1: say so I read an excerpt uh that from the book where it says like when they hook up for the first time she has like stubbly legs and her nose is runny and like that's so interesting to me like that's something that I would want to watch like for me like two just like model hot people having sex is like not appealing to me like I want to see people with more character
0: see watch the show because I have read I know I'm saying I don't want to watch it but I have read that the way they play them is like so that they're not it's not like you cast one of those Australian brothers in this. Like he plays it so like he's almost uncomfortable in his body, which is how I read it in the book. And and I and I have seen like clips and I do think they cast
1: her pretty well.
0: She it's like All she's right. like a younger Kristen Ritter to me. Anyways, what's we'll going see. what's going on in politics?
1: So in politics, um, I was reading uh about how they're in the new york times they were reporting on how there's the quiet hand of conservative groups in the anti-lockdown protests and um the interesting thing that i wanted to point out about this was the term astroturfing which i was not familiar with i'm not either um so it's a play on uh the idea of grassroots movement like get it like astroturf is fake grass mm-hmm. so they said Similarities in online organizing efforts behind different protests have sparked accusations that they are not, in fact, organic grassroots campaigns, but astroturfing efforts that are manipulated by Washington conservatives to appear as if they're locally driven. So, for example, um, organizers of recent protests in Oklahoma acknowledge that FreedomWorks, which is a Tea Party group, actually were the ones that helped arrange the events um, and said that the events would help Donald Trump politically so it's interesting as you watch like the footage of these people protesting and like demanding that the country open up and you know whatever uh it can get a little frustrating I think for people like us that are in the epicenter and like know that this is real and know people that are dying seeing people act as if it's a hoax and like demand haircuts it's like very frustrating so I it's it almost was like comforting to me to realize that there are darker forces at work there. Like it's not people just like come like going and gathering organically. It's like they are being uh, manipulated by like these conservative groups that are like funding these protests and bussing people in. So, Damn astroturf- girl, it's astroturfing. Dark. Astroturfing. Astroturfing. Who knew?
0: It's dark out there. All right, in Friendship News, the Atlantics Friendship Files, they they're doing a series and they interviewed a group of college friends that have been separated by the pandemic and they decided to create their own survivor at home competition with their friends. So I thought this was really cute. It was a cute idea. They split up into tribes and made one of the friends the host. So every day at 6 p.m. they'd have like an immunity challenge. And then at 9.30 they'd have a Zoom tribal council where someone would get voted out. I don't know if this means they're like never allowed back in the Zoom. I'm not sure. (laughs) But the challenges would be who can balance on one foot the longest and who can plank the longest. uh, That kind of thing. So cute ideas. Keep it in mind if you're still quarantined from your friends.
1: Yeah. Survivor is back. People love Survivor again. Um, in dating news in my personal life, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but everybody is letting their partner give them haircuts in quarantine, it seems like. Like all guys are letting their girlfriends cut their hair. Not Ian. Uh, Not I Nick. offered. Not Nick. Real- I was like, I'll watch a YouTube video. I will order fancy scissors. And then all of a sudden, he just disappears one night and reemerges with a terrible fucking haircut. How, would it- How did he do it? Um, with a uh buzzer. Okay. But I mean he he didn't like shave his head or anything. He actually so it was going really well. He did the sides and then he like did the wrong length, I guess, on the top, and it was very short. Um, but it's grown on me actually. Okay. All all things considered it wasn't that bad, but it was very jarring that first night.
0: When Nick had grown his hair out past his shoulders and he was gonna cut it really short, I was like, just let me cut it. Like, I won't even cut it anywhere near where you're going to end up with the cut. I just want to, like, cut hair. And he was like, he wouldn't let me do that. It was crazy. Um, But I did get to cut Rilo's hair because I'm the mom, so I can do whatever I want. And I think it I did a good fun. job. I think I did a good job. Um, And lastly, no, not lastly. We've got two more things. we got parenting news and then work news. In parenting news, Vice is reporting that parents are eavesdropping on their kids' virtual therapy sessions. This is an article by Shayla Love. Uh, Young people doing therapy at home have to speak in code and hand signals. This is heartbreaking for me. While at home, it can be hard for young adults and teens to talk openly about conflict with their families, uh, she says, even though some of the, even though some of those, even though those are some of the most common issues young people may need to discuss. So there's a 20-year-old, which is not that young, but a 20-year-old wants to talk about their dad uh they'll use the word the code word butternut so butternut's pissing me off today i guess i'm sure <laughs> they'll never d-
1: catch on never
0: catch on so parents got to respect it but as a parent i can kind of understand the like n- the desire to want to know everything about your kids life especially as kids get a little older past the teenage years and they stop telling you anything in their lives um, it's going to be, Nick's going to be the one that's like very good at the privacy thing. And I'm going to be the one like hacking into the phone. I can already right. see Well, it,
1: it, it, comes from a place of concern, not right. just and nosiness love. and love and, lo- and right. nosiness.
0: Lastly, what do we got in work news?
1: In work news? I just want to say I, uh, I went on an interview right as uh, lockdown was happening. Uh, the day after I got my work from home, uh, orders from my current office job, uh, I went into the city. It was the last time I was on the subway, actually, in the beginning of March to go on an interview. And then they never got back to me for about two months. And they finally got back to me and said, oh, by the way, we're not hiring anybody right now. We have a hiring freeze. Of course you're not. So then I'm like, you know, I risked my life and I didn't even get the job. Fuckers. Those fucking assholes.
0: Those fucking assholes. Uh, I'm sorry, girl.
1: Thanks. But, you know, I did it. I did it. But I, now it it's for, a, stor- like,
0: a pharmaceutical company. Don't they have like so much money, potential money right now with like not just
1: so much money, but also they should have known better than to have an interview in the middle of all this anyway. Psycho and, and everybody there was trying to shake my damn hand. And I had to be like the awkward one, like, ha ha, pandemic.
0: Good for you. Uh, I'm sorry. Those dickheads suck. It's fine. Uh, Guys, that's it for this week's This Is Why podcast. Let us know what you think of the new podcast structure. We care about your feedback. Email us and please email us all of your questions about life. Check out our book, This Is Why You're Single and my new book, Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling and Other Feminist Fairy Tales. They will both make you laugh and smile. They're available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble and check out your local indie bookstores. We encourage you to buy from them Uh, and yeah.
1: Yeah, and get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors for a full list of sponsors and the codes. Check out our podcast page on thisiswhythepodcast.com. Uh, this we are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at this is why podcasts. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why. This is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting news. This is why. The podcast. That was a headgum podcast.